Well, um, when I uh, first began pastoring on, on Mother's Day, uh, back in that context, we would uh, oftentimes regular, uh, recognize several categories of mothers on that day. Uh, we would, on that Sunday morning, we would recognize the, the mother who had traveled the farthest uh, to be there on that day. Uh, we'd recognize the mother who had the most kids that was there on that day. Uh, we'd recognize the, the oldest mother who was there that day. We'd recognize the mother who was the youngest who was there on that day. That is until one year, as we were recognizing the youngest mothers, one of our young teenage girls thought it would be funny if she stood at that point and her mother passed out. <laughs> so we dropped the categories going forward from there and just wished everyone a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I have to also confess <clears throat> that in those early years, uh, I was very naively and ignorantly oblivious to the fact that there were many in the congregation for whom the observance of Mother's Day was done in silent pain for many reasons, but especially pain on the part of those who dearly wanted to be mothers but had been unable to do so. One such friend from whom I received this particular email uh, the week before Mother's Day a while back writes, Mother's Day at church is always a tough one for us. We have battled with the heartbreak of infertility for many years now. It has become something we are faced with, almost, faced with almost daily. Whenever we hear of someone who's pregnant, we rejoice with them, but cannot help but wonder what our life would be like were the giver of life to allow us to have a child. Now, when she wrote that email, they had, at that time, that couple had been praying for 10 years, 10 years, asking God to bless them with a child. But their prayer had gone unanswered. So many of you in your relationship with Christ over the years have known both the joy of answered prayer as well as the mystery and sometimes the misery of unanswered prayer. Many of you who are mothers have known the heartache of unanswered prayers that you've desperately prayed for your children. And again, not, not just moms, but I suspect there's not a one of us here this morning who has not struggled at some time or another with the disappointment of unanswered prayer. You pray for healing, but healing doesn't happen. You pray for justice, but justice does not prevail. You pray for relief of some huge financial burden, but it, it just gets worse. So what about, what about this mystery of unanswered prayer? I, I came across an outline uh, some time ago that I found in a little book that has always been helpful. It's just six simple words. No, slow, grow, and I don't know. <laughs> Why do some prayers go unanswered? You know, one reason is because God's answer is no. 
And no can certainly feel like unanswered prayer, but, but it's not. God is answering that prayer, and the answer is no. And as you read through the Bible, as you read through God's Word, you, you find many instances where God said no to his people. Many just in the gospel alone. For the gospels alone. For example, one day two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, decided that they wanted to upgrade their heavenly seating assignments. Some of you may remember this event. And so the, it, apparently what happened is, is they got their mother to then go to Jesus with their request. She came to Christ asking, grant that one of these two sons of mine sit at your right hand and one at your left hand when you come into your kingdom. I mean, surely John, I mean, Jesus is not going to say no to their mother, right? Well, he does. The answer is no. The kingdom does not really work via helicopter mom promotionals, right? Well, another time Jesus and the disciples entered into a Samaritan village and they were not welcome there. No big surprise because Samaritans and Jews did not care for each other. His disciples asked the Lord, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? You know, as though the disciples were actually able to do that. But Jesus rebuked them and he said, absolutely not. I did not come from heaven. I did not come into this world to destroy lives. I came to save lives. Jesus replied. In the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul, with his fellow missionary travelers, were wanting, were desiring, were hoping to go to an area called Bithynia to take the good news of Jesus Christ. But God's Spirit said, no. And those are just a few examples from the New Testament. The New Testament, there are many more examples in the Old Testament. For instance, four different prophets of Israel, Moses, Jeremiah, Elijah, and Jonah, on four separate occasions in the history of Israel, became so severely discouraged and depressed that they actually asked God to take their lives. <laughs> Fortunately, in each case, God said no. And, and I, I suspect that sometime later, they were probably all very glad about that fact when they looked back on their lives. You know, when we look back on our own lives, all of us were probably very grateful that there were times when God said no to our request, weren't we? <laughs> you, you remember that wonderful Garth Brooks song entitled Unanswered Prayers? You know what the background, you remember the background of that song? He and his wife went to, back to a football game at his old high school years, years after his graduation, and he saw a girl there that he thought was so beautiful back in high school that, that he used to pray God would, would make that girl his wife. Well, it, it did not happen. God said no. And all these years later, he sees her again, and apparently she had changed in her appearance quite a bit. And under his breath, he whispered, thank God for not answering my prayer. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Last weekend, Julie and I went to my 50th high school reunion in Memphis. And there was a girl there I had thought back in high school was mighty fine, maybe even lifted up a prayer or two about at that point. Well, here it was 50 years later, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I could read her lips as she whispered under her breath, thank God for unanswered prayer. <laughs> God's answer is often no, because he knows what is ultimately best for us, or for her. <laughs> God often says no, because our request can simply just be selfish, totally materialistic, 
even downright immature. <laughs> you remember the old Jim Carrey film entitled Bruce Almighty? Remember that? God, God gives Jim Carrey's character, whose name is Bruce, the opportunity to actually be God for a period of time. And there's this one great scene where he's trying to, he's trying, he's overwhelmed trying to answer people's prayers. And so he finally just, just automatically answers everyone with a yes. And within 24 hours, the world is in total chaos, total chaos. It's a disaster. You see, sometimes we just ask for the wrong thing and God loves us too much to say yes. God knows when no is best. Now, sometimes Christians mistakenly think that they aren't asking for the wrong thing, but they're just asking the wrong way. You know, if I, if I just use you know, the right word, some magical phrase, and thinking that if you, if you pick out the right magical phrase, then you can get God to do what you want him to do. And so you know, some people think, well, if I just make sure I add the phrase, if it be your will, you know, maybe that's the, the magical phrase that, that needs to be added there. And, then, and others say, well, I, I just need to pray with more boldness, more confidence. If I, if I just say, I claim this instead of just requesting it, then, then that'll be the truth. That kind of an approach in prayer reduces God to just some sort of genie in the bottle or some you know, divine vending machine where the right words are the required currency to get the machine to work. But that's not what prayer is, is it? Genuine prayer is not a matter of magic words or formulas. It's a relationship. A relationship. Prayer is talking with a person, a very wise person. So sometimes our requests are very unwise. And so God will say no. And thank God he does. Here's four simple questions that you can, you can use as, as sort of a guide to help you make the, potentially ask the right things in prayer. But before you make your request, first of all, ask yourself, what, will what I'm about to ask for bring glory to God? In other words, if God said yes to whatever it is you want to ask, would it bring glory to him in some way? Second, will it advance his kingdom? Third question, will it help people? Is what I'm about to ask God for, will it help people? And then fourth, will it help me spiritually grow? An unanswered prayer is sometimes God simply saying no, saying no. But there are other times when God may be saying, slow. And he's not saying no, but rather he's saying, not yet, not yet. Once again, lots of biblical examples. Abraham, for instance, had to wait. You remember when we, that we did that study not that long ago? He had to wait for decades until the age of 99 before he finally received an answer to his prayer to have a son with his wife, Sarah. Or maybe you remember the character of Joseph, also in the book of Genesis, where Joseph had to linger in prison for two long years before his promise to be released finally took place. And I could go on and on and on and on. Sometimes the request is right, but the timing is not. Isaiah 40, 31, wonderful, wonderful verse, great verse, easy verse to memorize. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Say that with me. We, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Now, there is a word in that verse that we do not like, right? <laughs> that word is wait, wait. <laughs> we do not like to wait for anything. We don't like to wait for traffic lights. We don't like to wait for customer service. You name it. We don't like waiting either for an answer to our prayer, do we? Yet think about this. Those of you that are parents, what is one of the primary qualities of character that you want to pass on in your children? Is it not mature patience? And you can define that as the ability to tolerate delayed gratification with grace and honor. Boy, we want that for our kids, don't we? I mean, do you build character and patience into a child by making sure their every whim and desire is satisfied immediately in their lives? Of course not. No. Well, God knows this. God is the ultimate parent. Because what God is doing in you while you are waiting may actually be more important than whatever it is you are waiting for. Think about that. But again, we don't like to wait, do we? Even if it's patience we are praying for, we say, God, give me patience and give it to me now. But what God wants to build most into our lives is not the kind of stuff that can be zapped into us in a hurry, is it? We, actually, we learned this back during our 40-day spiritual campaign, back the early, for the first early part of the year. You remember that? When God wants to make a squash, he what? He takes a year. When he wants to make an oak tree, he what? He takes a hundred years. A hundred years. Sometimes God's answer is not yet. And most of the time, his purpose in that is what? It's for us to grow, to grow. The New Living Translation provides additional insight for us into that verse we read just a moment ago from Isaiah 40, 40, 31. The New Living Translation puts it like this, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Now, now don't miss that. God's intention for our waiting is what? It's to renew our strength. But how does that happen? By growing in our ability to trust God in all things. Trust grows. Trust grows as it is sustained in relationship with God over a long period of time. You know, I, I, I am not a gardener <laughs> by any means. But I understand that, that, that pruning, that is the process of selectively cutting away parts of plants, branches of trees and shrubs, is something that, that is, is very important. And why is that? It's because the purpose of pruning is to control the structure, the shape, the growth in order to promote good health and maximize the yield, especially, for instance, with fruit-bearing trees. You see, sometimes what appears to us to be unanswered prayers are God's way of pruning us, of pruning us. He prunes us for healthier, more productive growth in key areas of our lives. He prunes us because there is something in our lives that needs it, some kind of roadblock to our, our growth in Christ that, that needs to be removed. book of Isaiah, again, speaks to this in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. Your sins are the roadblock between you and your God. 
That's why he doesn't answer your prayers or let you see his face. Now, that's pretty clear, isn't it? I mean, it's very clear. Unanswered prayer should cause us to examine our lives, to examine our hearts, to see if there is any unconfessed sin in our lives that we need to present to him. It's, it's looking for roadblocks that, are, that stand between us and God. Unconfessed sins that, that hinder our prayer. For example, the Bible teaches that unresolved conflict relational conflict can be a roadblock in our prayers. Matthew chapter 5, the Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 23 says, if you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering. I mean, leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with God. Ask yourself, is there any conflict that you have caused in relationship with anybody else that remains unresolved in your life between you and that person? Is there? Here's another one that we particularly as husbands overlook all the time. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. If you are a husband, you should be thoughtful of your wife. Treat her with honor. Because she isn't as strong as you are. Now, don't, don't get your hackles up there, ladies. <laughs> he, he, he means just simply physically as strong as you are. She isn't as physically strong as you are, and she shares with you in the gift of life. Then nothing will stand in the way of your prayers. Ask yourself the question, gentlemen, is there any unresolved conflict between you and your spouse right now that needs to be taken care of? Because if there is, it, it could be very well be blocking your prayers. In fact, it's a great Mother's Day gift that you can give to your wife is, is to take care of whatever that unresolved conflict may be right now. Well, maybe you're wondering, well, well, you know, well you know, isn't God powerful enough to answer our prayers and, in spite of our sin? Well, sure he is. And very, very gratefully, he often does that. But the reason he does not is because he cares about our relationships. He cares more about our relationships most of the time than we do. Our relationship both with him and our relationship with others as well. He also wants us to grow another way. Think about this. Is it not true that, that many of the prayers that we often pray are, are related to specifics concerning God's will for us as related to key decisions that we have to make in life. You know, should I take this job? Should I not? Should we sell our house? You know, should we not? Should we make this move? Should we not? Important things. But let me ask this. Do you think God is most concerned about those things in your life? Do you think that's what he's mostly concerned about? Or is he mostly concerned about the kind of person that you're becoming? The answer is, he's more concerned about the person that we're becoming. And again, something else that we learned back during our 40-day study, what, what kind of person does he want us to become? You remember, he wants us to become like his son, like Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So unanswered prayer in our lives can also be one of God's ways of making us more like Christ. 
of growing the character of Christ in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. Well, we've seen that sometimes our request is wrong and God says no. Sometimes the timing is not right and God says slow. And sometimes there is something wrong in me and and God is saying grow. There's one more category, one more category. This is the hardest and most mysterious one. It's the category of, I don't know. I don't know. Like my friends who've been praying for 10 years for a child, sometimes we ask for really good things with really good hearts. We check all the boxes as to why God might say no, and and none of those apply. And yet still our prayers go unanswered. And I, I wish I did, but I just don't know why. Everybody in this room has probably been there. Just different circumstances, different requests. In fact, some of you, I have no doubt, are there right now. Beloved, I cannot point you to an explanation because no one has ever given one a satisfactory explanation. But I can point you to a person. I can tell you that at the very heart of the Gospels, there is an unanswered prayer. Jesus, kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before he was crucified, prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup, this suffering, this death be taken from me. As one author observes, That is the most desperate prayer ever prayed from the most discerning spirit that ever lived, from the purest heart that ever beat, for deliverance from the most unjust suffering ever known. And all it got was silence. Heaven was not moved. The cup was not taken away. The request was unheeded. But there's something that we easily overlook that also happened in the garden that night. Luke tells us about it in chapter 22, verse 41. Again, Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. And then verse 43. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. (laughs) You see, this unanswered prayer of Jesus in the garden and the angel's appearance tell us two very, very important things that we must not forget. First, you may not always have an answer to your prayer, but you will always, always have his presence. He will always be with you, ready to strengthen you even when the answers are not there. Always. He will be with you until the very day that you leave this world and step into his literal presence. And in the instant that that happens, you will experience one enormous aha moment 
when you will suddenly understand the mystery behind every prayer in your life that went unanswered. But second, we must also never forget that in the cross, the unanswered prayer of God's Son turned into God's answer for all of us. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? Please know that in this moment, God is here. He is here. Whatever your unanswered prayer may be, would you bring that to him right now? A dream, a disappointment, a problem with your health or the health of somebody you love, some crushing burden in your personal finances, your work, someone you've lost, someone who is far away from God right now, bring that to him. Heavenly Father, as we bring these before you at the foot of the cross this morning, would you speak to us afresh in this moment? Would you reveal to us where we may have missed your purposes, whether by no, by slow, or grow? And Father, for those I don't knows, we thank you that someday we will know. But in the meantime, in the meantime, would you come to us with your powerful presence and strength right now? Right now. Fill our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.